don't pick up. Please don't pick up. Hello, you yes. reached your Hogan. Leave me a message. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. I was really hoping you wouldn't pick up. This season of Good is sponsored by Kessler Crane, manufacturers of innovative tools for filmmakers. Make sure to check out KesslerCrane.com. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E.com for more info. This season of Good is also sponsored by MusicBed. MusicBed has been changing the game when it comes to music licensing for filmmakers through curating the best indie music in the world. We personally use them all the time, so make sure you do too. For more info, check out musicbed.com. Now here's the show. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is Good. Listeners, this is Christian speaking. I'm back. Back in action, ready to go. Ready to attack the world with the new set, of, uh, you know, with the new uh, state of mind. Um yes, it's true. I just had a child. Um he was massive when he came out. He was uh you know, a little bit yellow, uh but still cute as heck. You know what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, thanks everybody for the well wishes. And, uh, the person who didn't give me any well wishes is currently not here on the podcast either. So, uh, his name will be unmentioned, but, um, here we are with another episode, another, uh, great interview with a great filmmaker that I think a lot of people have heard of. Uh, I've been watching his stuff for a long time. Uh, his name is Samuel Abrahams. He's a uh, filmmaker from the UK, um, a pretty prestigious award-winning filmmaker. Does a lot of commercials, but does a lot of narrative shorts. Um, and we speak about a lot of things today, but mainly about a couple projects. One of them that I feel like you should watch before you listen to this episode. I think you'll get a lot more out of it, but it, it, the film is called Offline Dating. And uh, it's a funny documentary uh, about a guy who tries to get a date. And, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in here and, uh, looking forward to, to being back next week with me and Jared. I think we're going to do a, um, an episode, just me and him. It's been a while. Um, and I think we're going to try and answer some questions and maybe some, uh, call some people in and just pick some people's brains. So, uh, here's an interview with Samuel and enjoy this one and talk to you later. Okay, so Samuel, let's uh, uh, tell me tell me a little bit about how you got started. Uh, so I, as a kid, was always kind of drawn to the more like creative things at school. I wasn't, wasn't particularly academic, but the you know any time I could kind of be drawing or doing sculpture or painting, or whatever, that was when I was you know kind of happiest. Um, and then I think that a few teachers had said, "Oh, you should really focus on that stuff." So. Um, you know, I kind of then got into music as well. And by the time I was doing my GCSEs, which we do when we're like 16, um, I was just doing as many creative subjects as possible. So drama, uh, painting, sculpture, um, fashion, and uh, maybe a design. Um, and yeah. then was able to then for my A-levels try to do just all creative subjects. So then I, yeah, when our A-levels are kind of around the age of so 16 to 18, end of your high school, I think. And okay. we get to, at that time, you pick, say, three or four different disciplines. And I chose uh, painting, photography, and design. Um, yeah. And, and also business studies, which was crazy. But I think maybe it has, has actually helped me out. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it was so boring at the time. But... Um, and so doing, uh, doing those courses, I loved photography when I suddenly found this and 
built a dark room in my uh, bedroom and became obsessed with that whole process. How, how old were you at that point? When you uh, kind of like realized photography se- was... 16, 17. So I, I kind <laughs> yeah. of got to, with, yeah, with painting, um, uh, it was something that I, I was, you know, good at it and always encouraged to kind of do more and more and more. But there was this kid uh, who I ended up studying with pretty much all the way through to university um, who he was just so damn talented. <laughs> so I yeah, was always yeah. looking for ways that I could kind of do something different. And I, I guess when we did photography, that was something that I found a way to excel in that a bit more, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, and, um, and I was kind of really excited by the immediacy of it. And, yeah. um, it kind of felt like I was getting closer to, Oh, these are the kind of things I want to make. Which is still, you know, when you're young, you, d- you don't really have any clue that these are even jobs. I mean, I didn't um, then, yeah. uh, but I was very much like going for it. And my parents were uh, very encouraging um, and, you know, insisted that I could go to university. And that was the first in my family to do that. And I went to uh, Chelsea Art School. So that's when I first moved to London and studied fine art. But it's a, it was a very sort of open course. There were only, say, 28 people in the year. And wow. you, the, the, there was no sort of, um, there were no briefs or anything like that. You'd turn up on the first day, they'd welcome you and say, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm Jeff, I'm the course leader. Uh, these are the kind of tutors. If you ever want a, a tutorial with anyone, put your name down on the board and we'll arrange it. Um, these are the lectures, go to which ones you think are relevant to you and um, yeah and just go and start making stuff and um, at fine art school I was surrounded by people doing like performance art, video uh, installations, sound installations, painting, sculpture like all different medias and um, you know I loved that, that was great and I, I, but at that time I just became more and more focused on film and wanting to make uh, films um, so yeah. I had made a few so before you go to university in England you do a foundation course if you're interested in a kind of creative discipline and the, it's a one year course where you do say like four or five different disciplines and then you're able to kind of confidently say I want to major in this and then you go off to university and study that and it was a, right. it was a, during that course where I first made a a couple of videos, um, <clears throat> and I was hooked as soon as I did that. So I was I was very much thinking I was going to go study photography at university. But after making mm-hmm. um, a couple of videos, my tutor was like, "No, no, no! You're a filmmaker. This is the thing you should be doing." And I was hooked. It was so exciting because it brought together all the elements of all the different subjects that I really loved doing Um, and also when you're younger and you're making stuff you're doing absolutely everything (laughs) you know you're holding the camera you're sometimes acting in it or whatever you you know you're doing all the sound design you're you're making the music and then when you're showing the film at the end it just felt like an art project what was it that made it like click into place for you that you're like this is the thing um it just seems like you had so many, you were exposed to so many different mediums. I'm, yeah. I'm just curious, like, uh, how that one kind of won out. Well, I remember the, fir- the first video that I did, we, before we were allowed to make it, we had to storyboard it. And I chose to do the storyboards um, photographically. So I got my friend in, like, built the kind of set and shot all these stills. And it was a silent film. Or, well, it, there was no dialogue. It told its story visually uh, there was yeah. music to it but um but it was very much a story um and you know i spent ages trying to sort of craft the story out of these pictures um and they were you know they were drawings before that then they became these photographs and then they were all set to music and then i went and shot the film and it was just something about the kind of the how big the process felt and how complex yeah, yeah. it was it was like photography I loved it and still love it, but it, because it was so immediate, I could take something and I could like it and appreciate it. But then, you know, even when you show that to people, they go, oh, that's great. And then they kind of move on. 
And maybe yeah. just because I was really arrogant or something, I just wanted to, no, sit down and look at the thing I've made for longer. Whereas with, <laughs> and with film, you can make a five-minute one and they've got to sit down for five minutes and watch it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Something, there was just something about how complex a process it was and how it brought together all these different things that I love doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then I was hooked. And, and that's a big reason why I went to Chelsea because the, I, I knew I wanted to study... Uh, in a, a, an art context rather than film school. Um, yeah. Just so I had more freedom. I wasn't particularly interested in too much of the kind of craft side of things at this point. It was more just playing with visual ideas and how best to express them. Yeah. Do you think that at that time you saw like the ending, like the end game for you? Like what was that at that time? Like I think um, it, I think I. I reckon, yeah, I probably did it, 17, 18, 18, yeah, thinking, you know, it was also, that was the end of, that was around, like, 98, 99, I'd say, when all these brilliant films were coming out. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I'm just being romantic and thinking about like this, but I do maintain that 1999 was a damn good film for, a uh, good year for films. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. It's what so came out that year? Oh my gosh! Um, I need to look at like it. a list because yeah. it's yeah, it's like uh, American Beauty, the, Ma- the, the Matrix, the Matrix, came out that yeah, year. yeah, being John Malkovich, Election, oh, wow. Magnolia. Um, there's oh, more. Man, I mean, we put, yeah, we Fight should, Club, American Fight Club. Beauty, yeah, um, Green, <laughs> uh, being John Malkovich. You said that mm. Iron Giant. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. Three the, the, Three Kings. Talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's, it was wow. a brilliant, brilliant year for films, and I think that was around the time you know I was m- making these uh, videos and thinking, that's what I want to do. Yeah. 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 That's a good time to do that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but then it kind of it, uh, it has gone downhill in a way, or like that, or. Just Hollywood doesn't make those movies anymore, really. Um, How does that affect your um, your drive, like like uh, your end game? Is that something that you still are pursuing? Oh, making film, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that that's um, that's the thing. That's the thing, yeah. I mean, I now I you know I've made a few short films and uh, direct a lot of TV commercials, uh, which I absolutely love. It was a lot of fun and learned loads from doing it. But um, I'm in development on a, a few, two or three film projects and one TV series. Um, and, you know, the thing is, they take forever, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Well, can, we, uh, can we chat a little bit about the way that you, I just want to get a little bit of insight in the way that you are viewing like short films. Because I, I mean, you sent us. I don't know if the if Connect is out yet, but so Connect the stuff, yeah, the stuff you made with like offline dating and then yeah. Connect, and it seems like you're you're coming out with a lot of short films. I just want to ask you, like, what is uh, short films to you? Like now, like, why do you feel like that's important to you? Um, why is that important to me? Um, Obviously, because it's it's a shorter version of a feature film, which is well, yeah, yes and no. there, yeah, I think yes and no. I mean, definitely, you're right. Um, but also that they are the only kind of films I've made as well. Right. Um, you know, and the first video that I made was a five minute short or something. And, and the commercials that I direct there, you know, short stories as well. Um, I really enjoy the discipline of it. Um, I think people also enjoy, uh, consuming, short content and if you can deliver an idea in an emotionally satisfying way in as quick as you know quick, short as time as possible then that's a that's a great thing to do um i think obviously they're not as commercially um i can't think of the word but they're not as commercial as movies because you, people generally don't right. spend money on them they you know you don't go to the cinema <laughs> to see a five minute short film and this was my issue with um, making short films uh, after I made Connect. 
which did very well. It's a five-minute short. Um, it's also kind of a silent film. It tells it there's no dialogue mm-hmm. in it. And um, we made that. That was another thing I made a lot like the first video I ever made, where it was really heavily storyboarded. And yeah, I've been working on it for maybe a year, the story before, storyboard before we shot that. And... Um, everything in the edit is basically as it was boarded. Um, that I was really excited once making that after making that film. Excited to get it out there in the fest, on the festival circuit and everything. And this was two thousand and ten, end of two thousand ten, mm-hmm. and uh, it did well at festivals. We um, it premiered at uh, Encounters, which is a big festival in the UK for shorts and won a jury award there and I was super thrilled about it but ultimately not many people were seeing it um, and then we got the nomination for the for uh, the BAFTA nomination for best short film uh, in early 2011 and I'm thinking at that point oh great you know some, somehow this is going to be seen by more people yeah and but you know yeah industry people see it they you know my agent would, would send out the DVDs uh screeners to everyone and you do little screenings and then you'd you know, be in a festival where maybe a hundred people see it yeah but I, I I was just thinking this this is like the best thing I've done and and it's doing well but no, there's not enough right. not enough people seeing it and we, it got picked up for distribution um, which I was very happy about at the time um, and you know it's a commercial product and that you can go on iTunes and you can buy that along with another short that I've made. But how many people are really doing that? Yeah. What do, what do you make of that? Well, like, what you, uh... I made, well, I guess what I made of it, I became a little bit disillusioned with it because of course it's very hard to go and make yeah. a feature film. Whereas it's a lot easier for you to go and make a five minute film and find, and hopefully find an audience. People like watching short content, as you said, but there's now, I think over the past five years, with Vimeo, obviously YouTube, but I think more specifically with Vimeo, which is catered more to the creative community, um, it, it's kind of acceptable for films to be put online for free. There was yeah. kind of a snobbery around it, I, is, I guess is what I'm getting at, with my, my other two shorts, Connect and Hold On Me. It just wasn't like... It wasn't a proper film if it went if it went out on Vimeo, there, but that just isn't the isn't the case anymore. I don't think people think like that anymore. And um, so, I had been feeling a little disillusioned with the way that was kind of working, and wanted to make something that was just put online, uh, an online film. And I felt that if it had uh, a good enough idea that you know, peaked people's interest that they would distribute it for me that you if you know if you if you make something that someone goes that's cool i want to show my friend then that platform's already set up there with social media for everyone to just share it right uh and i've been working with a few different ideas that were kind of about social media and the differences between who we are in actuality and who we are in our kind of virtual representations of ourselves on you know Facebook and whatnot and then one night had been uh, hanging out with a group of guy friends um, one of whom is this guy Tom who's in offline dating and we're, we're all just sitting there all five of us on our phones and yeah. um, I wasn't on Tinder or Happen or whatever but all, everyone was. They were all flicking through, <laughs> swiping through girls, and then every now and then someone would see someone they liked and then show it to the rest of the group. And we were like two minutes away, <laughs> two minutes away from a really cool pub. And it's like a Thursday night. I was like, guys, let's just leave the house, go to the pub, and there'll be loads <laughs> of cool people that we can actually chat to. And, uh, you know, it just kind of got laughed off. So <laughs> the next day... I wrote this idea, you know, called it offline dating, and I was like, you know, Tom, we're going to see Tom do this, 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 and this. Just a, you know, a very simple one-page 
idea with the outline of the structure of it, the kind of incidents that we would be likely to see and how it would be put together and the, the feel of it and everything. And I sent it to Tom and I said, are you free this weekend? And uh, he came back and says, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. So we came up with the idea <laughs> on the Tuesday night and we shot one day on Thursday night and then one like the Saturday so I had a day off in between. So it was two days shooting. And the, the big thing for me was I just wanted to go and make something myself again. Right. right. So, you know, um, like I was saying at school, when you got to make your first like, video projects, you had to do it all. But then now, um, for the past five, six years, I've been directing commercials, you, which, you know, I absolutely love, but you don't really do anything. <laughs> you just right. tell people how you like things. I'd like this to be like this, or I'd like that to be like that. But you never really, you know, you don't ever touch the camera, you never touch any lights, you never perform anything, you never make any music, you never, you know. Yeah. So I, with this, um, I really felt kind of inspired to just pick up a camera again and right. self-shoot something and for there to be no crew other than what I mean for the first day of shooting it was just me and Tom and so I was doing the the sound as well and then the next day I kind of find that unbearable so I had uh, someone turn up to help with to help with the sound um on the on the final day uh but yeah there was just yeah. three of us um roaming the streets and chatting to strangers and um it was so much fun it yeah, the immediacy of it, it, it just felt like I was making something. Um, yeah. And I loved it. So for everybody listening, I guess, who hasn't seen Offline Dating, one, you should go see it. But also, uh, I guess a synopsis of it would be uh, your friend Tom walks around London trying to find a date in real life. Yeah. So I and essentially I challenge him to find a date without the help of the internet. Yeah, and uh, so we just see him <laughs> so, every real weekend. This is the, this is how I found you. Uh, I forget who showed it to me. Maybe it was just uh, on Vimeo, like a, on a staff pick or something like that. But um, I showed it to literally every single person that I knew, like that worked in the That's office cool. that I worked in, um, because it was like um, there was like I don't know. It was something about it um, that felt like you just describing it to me right now. The way that you, it felt like you just gra- You were just like. I'm just going to grab a camera and just go shoot something, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had so much, um, I don't, I don't know. The satire is not the word, uh, commentary on just like, mm. um, the way that people see the world. And it's interesting, but it was also interesting because, uh, I got, and Jared, you might feel the same way, but I got married very young. Me, Me too. Both got, Really? I'm divorced when, now, When though. did you get married? I got married at 25 and then okay. divorced about four or five, five years later. Oh, wow. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Jared uh, got married at 21? 22. Wow. Okay, and I got, I got married at 21. Um, me and my wife were both 21. And uh, so we, like... Kind of like uh, I've been out of the whole, game for a while. <laughs> we skipped the whole yeah. like online dating thing. Like I remember, like I went on a couple MySpace dates. That was about it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. So I, don't, I don't know. If, <laughs> actually, I don't know actually, if, I I think you told me the other day that you got catfished, and then we didn't yeah, even I get totally in. Totally got catfished like, a number of times. Wow. Uh, one was uh, ended up being this you know, six, five chick that like, I'm, I'm not, I'm like five, I'm five, six, but she's kind of hot Six, five. Yeah. She, she had like really huge hands and like tried to like make out with me the whole time, but she just didn't look anything like her photos, you know, but it was, uh, I thought she was cute on MySpace, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was a strange thing. Like watching it, I, maybe that was a sense of like what I felt was like, like um, a, seeing a world that we had never seen before or weren't like that, that, that or familiar like a, yeah, with. Yeah, a commentary on like a world that I'm not involved in. Yeah. You know? right. It's almost like, and I'm, I'm only 25 now and Jared, I think Jared's just about to turn 20, uh, 30. Yeah. Right, Jared? Yeah. Um, so we're still rel- relatively, you know, young, but it's it felt so distant, you know? It felt 
like a, a world that I'd never seen before, but it also felt like a world that I knew, you know? Well, I think the um, thing is, we, it, it doesn't just comment on the, the dating side of it. Because I've never used Tinder or any dating right. apps or, or dating sites. Excuse me. Um, but, you know, I have been on Facebook. I came off Facebook about five years ago. And uh, it's, I get so much more done without being on Facebook. Um, And I I wasn't on any social media up until the release of Offline Dating. And we did an interview with BuzzFeed and they were like, you're an idiot. Why are you not? (laughs) I just pitched them the idea of the film. I was like, okay, it's called Offline Dating, but it's an online film. And they were like, you're an idiot. Where's Where's your... You know, because I had no social media uh, presence at all right. uh, or any profiles. Um, and so they kind of said, you know, you, you should get a Twitter account. So I, I did that. And I'm not good at it. I'm, I'm not massively into it. And I think that's the, reason, that's the reason why I made the film. So like you, I'm not mm. really a part of that um, world. But really, the, yeah. the I mean, we, we, quite, we all are. We all are, whether we like it or not. Um, yeah. But... You know, I'm not really active in it, but the that's why the film kind of tells the story from the other side of it, which is, you know, living life in a slightly more old-fashioned way of yeah. um, trying to be offline more and engaged with the world around you, the people around you, um, yeah. investing more time and energy into actuality rather than virtuality. And I guess the, the real yeah. question is, Samuel is, did you get a, a date from this film? Uh, <laughs> uh, I already had a girlfriend at the time, and uh, uh, that, so, I, no. Attaboy. Yeah. <laughs> but Tom, however, Tom yeah. did so get I, I want to ask a little bit about the film, because there's a little bit, you left it a little bit ambiguous, and, like, uh, you there's, like, a, there's a climax, I guess. Like, there's an mm-hmm. ending to it. But you don't really uh, show it. <laughs> it made yeah. me so mad because oh. <laughs> I just wanted it to continue. Uh, but two things I want I want to ask you about two scenarios and just for you to kind of give me the story behind them or like in on set kind of scenario. But he eventually, I mean, he probably asks in the film 20, 25 girls, and they all they're all telling him no, mm-hmm. which is really surprising to me because, um, I mean, Tom's a good looking guy and he seems like you know very charming very charming and like everyone's telling him no and uh but he, he f- eventually finds this girl on on uh that's like i don't know skating or something like she got rollerblades yeah. on uh but she just seems like the worst girl ever um <laughs> i don't know if you can just describe the uh the situation or was there anything that you guys had to manipulate or well yeah any, i mean is, of course that happened like you know i said when i came up with the idea i wrote this a one-page treatment for it, I guess, where it it had, here's the title of it, here's the premise, you know, challenging Tom to find a date without the help of the internet, and here's what we're going to see. And then I I had this idea, okay, so he's going to be met with a lot of rejection, then he's going to keep going at it, keep trying to, um, you know, chat to new people and girls, uh, and try to figure out what the tone, it was really important what the tone of that was going to be because I didn't want this to be seedy or creepy in any way. Right, right. Um, so that was well, a lot of thought went into exactly what the um, a- approach is, I guess. Just his approach, his actual approach, and also just kind of filmically what the approach is. And then he would, he you know, he would repeatedly fail, and then would learn some kind of lesson, um, be given advice from uh, girls that he's speaking to, and then take okay. this. Uh, take this lesson and find, uh, you know, have a successful date with someone. That was kind of the the, the the abstract structure of it. So he starts out as kind of like a goon, like just kind yeah. of wandering around being yeah yeah you yeah know, a douchebag. Well, this is the thing. Like I, I never saw it as him being a douche. Um, right. But is it? Well, he doesn't come. He doesn't yeah. come off. I guess he comes off like. Uh, I don't. I. I just thought he was. Try- I mean, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. I mean, um, I. Yeah. I. You know. I. Th- I think like Tom was the right person to do this because he has a certain 
goofiness, which is charming. Yeah. He, um, it, it can be quite um, earnest and, um, you know, and listens and uh, I, he just, he's also got the confidence to kind of just chat to people in a friendly way. And right. that seemed to me like this idea matched with him it was that that was going to help me achieve the kind of tone that I needed so I wasn't making something that was like yeah just go up to girls and you know hit on them which is <laughs> right. definitely not what I was getting at um yeah so um I can't remember what the question was what was <laughs> tell us about the rollerblader chick oh <laughs> so okay well, I guess a, a good question just to preface everything was like uh, and this could be a, just a quick answer, but how much was real, like percentage-wise, okay. how much was real and how much was set up? Or do you not want to give no, that I away? Don't, no, I don't not want to give it away. I think it's just not as black and white as that because a lot of what I was doing was nudging things in certain directions or going, okay, okay she's... So like Rollerblade Girl, I saw her and thought, she is interesting. She this yeah. She will make some interesting stuff happen in this. So let's go chat to her. You know, so then Tom has to go and chat to her because I say you should go chat to her. Would he really do that if we weren't making this film? No, of course he wouldn't hit on her. But she was fascinating. I get it, I get it. Um, And, you know, there were certain things that, you know, I knew I needed in order to get the story to to work. So I would be like, you know, throughout the day I'd be like, okay, well, we're missing this thing. So I'd be looking out for it. Um, yeah, just to make sure that I knew that after the two days filming, we had enough incident to give this the right kind of shape. And with the edit, right. a big thing for me was to try and, you know, I was so aware of making something for the internet that I didn't ever want the edit to pause. I didn't want it to kind of, if you imagine right. it like a sentence or a paragraph or something, I just saw it as a single sentence where there might be commas, but there'd be no full stops in it. So I didn't want to allow right. anyone the chance to click off and watch something else. So the whole thing is almost kind of structured as one conversation. Um, even right. there's lots it's of interesting. different yeah. aspects to it. Okay, so did, did that work out? Did the date? Uh, well, I mean, he went on the date and she didn't give, you know, she was like, yeah, you can Facebook me or something, which didn't give him his number. Of course, they weren't going to be a good match. <laughs> but he did meet this other girl, uh, Mickey, right. who, um, and, you know, bless her, she gave the film an ending because she listened to what Tom was trying to do and she welcomed him into her world. She invited him to come and hang out with right. her and her friends. Right. And that's, I didn't anticipate that. That's a great yeah. thing to happen. Um, and gave us a really kind of, you know, an interesting ending for the film, I think. After the break, we chat more with Samuel about bringing your own voice into the commercial industry. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This musical break is brought to you by our friends at Musicbed. team are masters at curating playlists. They've curated sounds for each season, completely capturing the vibe of everything from winter snow to 4th of July parties. They've just released the playlist Spring Vibes, complete with five playlists that capture the feel of the season. They've included everything from April showers to a soundtrack for spring cleaning. It's a great way to dive into their catalog to license the perfect soundtrack for your spring project. As always, you can enter the promo code GOOD at checkout for 20% off your next license. For more than a decade, Kessler Crane has been designing and manufacturing innovative tools for filmmakers, including camera cranes, jibs, motion control systems, sliders, dollies, tripods, and other camera accessories. They also have a commitment to making products in the USA. For more info, go to KesslerCrane.com good. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R 
C-R-A-N-E.com slash good. Also enter the code good podcast during checkout. Save 10% off your entire order. Now let's get back to the show. So Samuel, I'm, I'm curious, you know, talking about when you were in school and kind of learning to make films and, and how, uh, um, how structured you were with storyboards and, and pre-production and planning. And then there's a project like this. Where do you kind of tend to see like, um, your place in that spectrum? Do you, do you like to, um, do you leave yourself room? How much do you prepare? How important are storyboards to you? Like, where do you kind of naturally fall in that spectrum? I, I, I naturally and happily fall in, in either. Like I, I love the preparation of something that's very um, deliberately yeah. structured and the, the, you know, with storyboards and everything, I think connect. And then a lot of the commercials that I do show that because yeah. you have to put all that prep in. Um, yeah. You've got such a limited time to tell your story. Every frame counts. Um, and there's so many people to uh, please and they need to know that you're not wasting their money when, when you're yeah. filming. Um, so I, I really love that way of working. I think it, for me, it's what suits an idea. Um, mm-hmm. I, a, a big sort of chunk of time that I've missed out in, in my kind of story, I guess, is after graduating, um, I started out shooting and directing observational documentaries for TV. And okay. so, and I did a, uh, a few series about uh, customs officers and like airports, just filming them, you know, stop, stopping smugglers coming into the country with drugs and stuff, which was wow. really, really yeah. interesting stuff and great access. And as an experience, an amazing thing because we had to fill 10 half hours of TV with me and I was self-shooting with a big old TV camera um, trying to, um, you know, just watch real stuff happening and figure out how best to capture it. And what you're doing whilst you're, do- whilst you're um, you know, shooting and directing uh, kind of something real is you're, you're kind of writing when you're, do- you're listening yeah. yeah. <laughs> to what's being said, what's not being said, and kind of anticipating where it's going. And you're having to build structure in a kind of, like you're kind of improving almost. I can't find the right, right. word for it, but it's, you, for instance, you'll kind of hear someone say you're something. You're like seeing the edit in real time. Yeah, right? you, you kind of have to. Yeah, you kind of have to go, okay, well, he's just said this. Earlier, right. someone um, chose not to say something here and they didn't reveal this thing okay so what i need is a close-up of the water bottle and then when that's cut together that will say something you know so it gives you that um that idea of kind of storytelling well you have to learn that quite quickly i think and uh, And that's what you get paid for yeah i guess so yeah Um, (laughs) yeah being able to do all that on on the fly yeah Yeah. and so i you know with offline dating i was excited to kind of get to tap into the, those kind of instincts and the self-shooting style. But, but it all does come back to having an idea of like how to you know, tell us a story that's going to be engaging and, um, you know, and, and how am I getting across a certain idea that I am you know, interested in expressing to people. Um, and I think it's kind of like they almost are the same thing. So I'm still putting the same amount of prep in a way, yeah. kind of like the edit for offline dating was like the storyboarding for Connect. Yeah, yeah. but it's it, interesting. It, yeah, kind of. What What do you feel like is um, for you to kind of like launch into a project like offline dating? Like, what is enough for you to feel like okay, I'm ready to go make this? Yeah, that's a good question, and um, hmm. I think it's got to be that there's a core idea that I feel like I've got a take on it that excites me and, and, a, and a way um, to sort of comment on it or something. Um, yeah. And I think I, I definitely felt like I had that with Connect and it took me a lot longer to find it in the kind of, you know, storyboarding. And then, but with offline dating, I mean, pretty much when I had the title in my head, I was like, right, it, it all kind of, I get it. I know what that is. 
I want to shoot it this weekend. But very rarely does that happen. Like, I had been working on another short idea um, around the time of offline dating. And then, of course, I came up with that idea. That was the one I had to go and make. And I had to do it that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's... It can kind of come from anywhere, can't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know that feeling of of like um, it's almost like something clicks into place, and you're like, I know, like as like personally as an artist, like I know how to do this. Yeah, like you know, I have what it, I have like the tools to like to like I know how to. You how can to tell this, this story. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty pretty freeing sometimes when you don't have to convince um, yeah <laughs> an agency to let you do it either. We get, when you can just kind of just roll, yeah. and just go do it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that would be my question. My next question would be like, how do you take that approach or that feeling of that approach? You know, because it's more of like a, it's a it's a younger type of feeling. You know, like kind of getting in touch with, I guess how you you used to approach things in like a an earnest kind of way. But like, how do you take that and then bring that into the commercial field that you're working in? You know, to pay the bills. You know, um, that's a good question. Um, do you know? Interestingly, I will, you know, get a lot of scripts in off the back of something like offline dating that brands and agencies want to capture the feel of that, let's say. Right, right. But of course, yeah. the way I have to get there is different to the way that I would have got there <laughs> because it wouldn't be acceptable for me, for them. You know, I couldn't convince them, no, let's just go and do this with, uh, you're not going to come. No one's, no one's invited. It's just going to be me and my mate. It just won't, yeah. ha- it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> but so the thing that they that I guess they're kind of buying into is the feel of something, how it made them feel. And yeah. right. then, you know, I guess I have to convince people, um, that the, the way, you know, in the way I'm going to get there, um, because they are different approaches, and you know, as I said before, I'm, I'm really happy and comfortable doing both. It just really does depend on the project. And saying that, I would love a commercial to come along where it was like, okay, here's free reign. You could just go and make a short film, and it's yeah. for a brand. That would be great, but I, I don't know how often that happens. Right. Well, I always wondered that myself. Of like, why is it so? And I know there's probably a bunch, like a million reasons why people wouldn't do it this way, but like, why can't things happen like that on like a commercial field or a commercial like uh, side of things? Because like, I mean, one, it's like way cheaper, and two, if if it's it's be because it's way cheaper, uh, it's not like a necessity to like like if it doesn't go well, then it just didn't go well, you know? Yeah. But, but it's like, like, why not uh, let that? filmmaker or director or whatever just like have an approach and like and like i said i know there's a million reasons why but um i, I'm, I guess i'm just talking yeah about no I'm, I'm i'm with you but i also just see like it's almost like as soon as say that script or idea would come in <clears throat> and then i'd be approaching it okay great we're just going to go off and we're just going to do this i know that there's so many just kind of ways you have to do things like protocol and you know i i went out and just shot that without permits you know i just had a couple of release forms with me and got people to sign them i mean it's so lo-fi but it wasn't for any commercial um you know reason (laughs) but if it was for you know heineken or whatever then i would have to go about it in a different way to protect the i I guess this is probably boring but you know I'd love to do something like that. I could just, I can't quite see how it would happen. Yeah. Let's make it it's happen. It's almost just like, like a, the agent on somebody on the agency level just being like, like, you know, F it, let's just do it. You know, just go for it and just, yeah. you know, I don't think those, I haven't yet met someone <laughs> like that <laughs> quite yet, but maybe they're out there. Yeah, let me know. know. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> let, let us all know, please. <laughs> Um, hey, so tell us uh, if you can. Uh, I know you said you've got a couple films in development. Can you tell anything about tell us anything about those? Well, one of them is um, developed from the short offline dating, nice. uh, and that's with uh, Caviar, who rep me for commercials. Um, and another project um, is also in a kind of similar similar to Connect and offline dating, in that it's got that kind of uplifting 
romantic feel to it. But um, it's uh, that they're both set in London, and then there's a TV series also set in London about art students, mm, which I'm hoping will be shooting next year, um, early next year. But we'll see. And what's kind awesome. of like the take? What is your uh, what's the idea there? Just to observe. Um, oh, okay. Uh, well, it's it's a scripted um, eight half hour episodes um, wow. about so it's a fiction um, four girls at art school who live together. Um, That's amazing. Okay, it'd be yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, a lot to get have right. You, and set have you any experience in, in like episodic like? TV kind of yeah. Stuff. Um, well, you know, I did those documentaries, but uh, that's right, not right, really right. the same thing. And then around that time, I was kind of getting frustrated because I knew I didn't want to direct documentaries. Um, uh, so I, but I had all this equipment at home yeah. from the projects <laughs> I was on. I was like, I could just go and make a film again, like I, when I was at uni. And yeah. um, I came up with this idea uh, where. And it was that I was going to make, I was going to document hanging out with my mates, and it was called Documates. And <laughs> but, That's incredible. but it was scripted. It was scripted to look yeah. like a shit home movie. And this was around yeah. 2007, 2008, when okay. YouTube was kind of a new thing. So user generated um, content was kind of still new. And yeah. so I made this. 10 minute um, like short film uh, and we we were kind of like well, what are we going to do with it so we just sent it with to one producer and they were like yeah it's great can we we want to take it to channel 4 <clears throat> That's and so they took it to channel 4 and channel 4 commissioned it for a uh, pilot um, and I'm thinking fucking hell made it this is it. I'm getting make my own show with my best mates. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. All my mates play themselves in it. I'm behind <laughs> the camera, like setting them all up. This is fucking great. And um, um, but <laughs> the, then in the meeting with the the channel, um, they kind of gave me a, an ultimatum. And I was quite young at the time, uh, so I didn't really know how to handle it. Handle it. And the ultimatum was, um, you know, you can have the we want to commission you, you'll direct it and you get to write it with your friends um, and everyone can kind of, your friends can all be in it. Um, but we l- want you to consider changing the idea so it's not a home movie. Which was the idea. <laughs> uh, and so without it, it's suddenly just, what, friends, but in England. Right. Um, and uh, and <laughs> I... <laughs> I I took the commission. I was super excited. It got me my agent. I felt like this is it. I'm gonna. You won't have to do documentaries anymore. Um, but then I, I, I really struggled. I struggled to make something that I believed in. I struggled to make like basically when it played out on TV, everyone I know is watching it, thinking this is something I've made, but it doesn't in any way look like it's mine. Oh, I don't man. recognize it. That's hard. And it's and it's got all my friends in, and and we wrote it together, and you know. It, it didn't end well. It was pretty grim and, um, you know, really kind of sad. But I learned this huge lesson there, which was yeah. to um, to never compromise on the integrity of the idea. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How did, uh, what do you mean it didn't end well? How did it end? Well, I'm, just that it wasn't the... We, we made this short, Documates which had a funny title. It had a cool concept. It had like great characters in it. And the way it was shot was really fun because it was a crap home movie, but, but done, everything was designed, you know, it was, it was des- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there were loads of cool visual ideas in it. And, um, and you know, you watch that 10 minutes with anyone and it plays really well. And then you, you know, I watched the, the 25 minute broadcast episode that we made, which just, now there's no format to it. There's no idea anymore. Yeah. I guess you know broadly it's about the etiquette of friendship, but th- you know so was our short film. But it did it in this cool way. Um, right. And right, so right. It, it it didn't end well in that we we all had very high hopes for making something really cool and 
um, kind yeah. of current and then just made something that was a bit meh and you know that really <laughs> really upset me but and, it, and so yeah. I made connect off the back of that I was thinking like right I just need to go make my own thing where no one's yeah. going to get their kind of grubby little fingers on it and say you've got to do it like this <laughs> and I'll just make it exactly how I want to make it and then if it, if it, if it doesn't work at least I can learn from it it seems like Samuel like um, the common thread that I've kind of like seen through our conversation is uh, drive it seems like you have like a lot of ambition to just like go out and make things and that's like refreshing to you um, what would you and maybe that that is what you would say but you know to, to like a, a younger filmmaker who's listening to this um, what's some advice that you would give to someone who's looking to kind of kickstart their career or get started um, I, I mean I guess yeah you either have that um, drive or you don't maybe but I, I think it's good to be watching a lot I mean when I was younger and getting into uh, film all I did was go to the cinema and yeah rent VHS yeah. and DVD and also around that time it was when DVDs were just sudden, like this cool new thing and there's audio commentaries I could listen I could watch the <laughs> film and then go back and watch it again with David Fincher walking me through every shot amazing yeah. Um, yeah. and so I you know I think that's a, a I'm not saying go listen to audio commentaries but I'm, I'm just saying just consume the stuff that excites you not the stuff that people kind of say you must you know watch this it's more like some a lesson they kind of taught us at art school was that you build your own history of art you you construct Mm. you have to go out and seek the stuff that is going to inform and inspire what you're going to go on and create and um so go seek that stuff out uh and it doesn't have to be you know, what everyone else watches and what everyone else likes or what's cool at the moment. It's just the stuff that actually gets you. Um, And then you'll find that you've got more stuff to draw on. And, um, yeah, just make stuff as well. It's hard to do, but just kind of go out and make stuff. Yeah. I think that's some of the best closing advice, Jared, that we've ever had. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) It's great, Samuel. Um, Hey, so... uh, Thanks for coming on our show. Did you have fun? It was really good. (laughs) (laughs) He nailed it, bro. He nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, Samuel, thanks, man. This episode of Good was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to call him, Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs, and you can check out more of his music at cubbysounds.com. Also, this season of Good is produced by our new friend, Mary Taylor who'd also like to say something. Are you ever going to interview robots or do you hate them too? To find out more info about today's episode, make sure to go to goodthepodcast.com. 